0: You're listening to The Real Investment Show. And welcome back to the show this morning. I'm your host, Mr. Robert. Spike Lee was joining us and talking a little bit about the Fed yesterday, the Fed meeting, of course. And the big question is, is when will they taper? How will they taper? When will it matter? Right. And this is kind of an interesting thing here because there's already articles. It's amazing how quickly these things occur. Um, Just yesterday, the Fed talks about, hey, we're we're thinking about thinking about talking about tapering, right? (laughs) We're starting to move into that direction. And already there's articles out this morning saying, well, it's different this time. They're going to be able to taper this time and the market's not going to come apart at the seams. Well, every time they've tapered previously, we've had anywhere from 10 to 20% corrections or more right? Right. Um, And, you know, all you have to do is go look at a. a, a, And we just did this recently in an article we wrote. We actually overlaid the Fed's balance sheet changes, right, whether they were expanding the balance sheet or contracting it or just keeping it stable and related that to the performance of the market. And there's about an 80 percent correlation between the Fed's balance sheet and the market in terms of this these changes. So, Yes, if they taper, you're taking liquidity out of the markets and the markets survive on liquidity at this point. And and look, just over the last few weeks, we've been talking about, you know, the markets have been rising here lately, but money flows have been deteriorating this entire time. Participation's been less and less and less in the markets. And, you know, this is something that is going to be very important going forward. When the Fed starts to taper, that is the beginning of the clock. Doesn't mean you're gonna get a correction to tomorrow, doesn't mean you're gonna need a correction next week or next month. The Fed's not starting to taper yet. But when they do, that starts the clock really to where you're gonna get your next correction. And when they start hiking rates, whether it's in twenty two or twenty three, doesn't matter, that's the clock to your next bear market. So right, go ahead, Mike. Uh-
1: and I think you got to be careful because there's different people look at that clock different ways. Mm-hmm. I think the clock started yesterday, right? They're not going to taper for months, right? But, you know, some people and a lot of institutional investors look very carefully at what Jerome Powell said yesterday. And to them, to me, he sent a clear signal that the next thing the Fed is going to do is taper. Right. He didn't tell us what date. He wasn't clear in his words. There was a lot of, you know, Fed gibberish, economics, uh, a lot of higher level talk to try to to try to kind of hide their intentions. But I think he made it clear what they're doing. So the question is, we know what's going to happen. We know the correlations between how varying assets do when the Fed is buying and when the Fed is not buying. So, you know, we're on warning now. Doesn't Again, we're not going to sell off immediately. We may. We may not. But I think you have to take the market with a different, to use Powell's words, a different grain of salt than you did prior to yesterday. Right. You have to understand that the liquidity backing this market is now to some degree and a small amount of it is in jeopardy and it's not the it's not necessarily the actual liquidity but it's the psychology and the liquidity and that psychology is changing and the liquidity will change at some point All right you talked about retail sales mm-hmm. um, they're what fifteen percent above where they were right and this retail sales is one of the most dependable trends it just goes up at a 45 degree angle. Drops during recessions and then starts going back up at a forty-five degree angle. If you take that forty-five degree angle from the post from the last recession to where we are prior to COVID, it was a night again, a nice forty-five degree line. We're fifteen percent above that line. Mm-hmm. By you know, by definition, we're gonna have to come back to that line. The same is true with the housing market. The same is true with the stock market. Right. Again, it doesn't mean we're dropping on day two after the Fed announces taper back to that trend line or below that trend line. But the Fed has introduced a new risk, and I think it's going to make it harder for the market to keep hitting new highs. It's just applying another layer of pressure. And we were seeing this Right. right before the last the last month or two, the market felt like it was running out of steam. It hit highs earlier this week, new record highs earlier this week. But, you know, we had how many days did we have where the market was up or down by less – the S&P was up or down by less than a few points, Mm -hmm. right? We hadn't really seen that since COVID, right? right? It's just running out of steam. It's looking for its next impetus. Everyone that's wanted to buy has bought. Well, now we got a new regime coming in, and we have to pay careful attention. And, again, I think what it means is that we know where fundamentals are. Fundamentals like retail sales are way too high. Doesn't matter, hasn't mattered, but it's a layer of warning. It says, you know, it, it's we know eventually fundamentals will matter and they will get back to somewhat of a normal rate. Well, now there's a second warning, and that's what Fed Powell, you know, Fed Chairman Powell kind of voiced yesterday, and we're going to hear more of it over the next few weeks from other Fed members. So we're not selling off immediately necessarily, but I think we just have to be even more cautious going forward that there's another driver of this market that is slowly going to be removed.
0: right And again, you know when you start looking at things like retail sales and, and you know this is something that people like, oh, okay, what's well, retail sales? retail sales is 40% of personal consumption expenditures, which is 70% of GDP. So um, when you look at the fact that we drag forward five years worth of, of sales into retail, Um, You know, all those people that, you know, didn't have money to buy stuff with. We gave them money. They went out and bought a bunch of stuff. Well, that's great. But now the hangover is going to come. I mean, if you take a look at things like RV sales, how many people buy RVs? Right. And there's been a massive surge of people going, I'm going to go buy an RV. I don't know why, but they are. So there's been this huge, massive surge of people going out to buy RVs. RVs are, are like a boat. Um, you know the the two the two best days of buying a boat are the day you buy it and the day you sell it. Um, and, and an RV is pretty much the same way because you buy it, it's great. It's like okay, well now I got to go find a place to park it and store it, and you know I'm gonna maybe use it twice a year or whatever it is, and I'm paying taxes and a monthly bill on it. So so and it breaks. And then uh, – then, so what's going to happen on the other side of this, of course, is there's going to be a massive surge of people wanting to sell RVs, um, put those back out in the market. So, there's be, there's, so the point is, is that all of this stimulus was great. And,
1: and, and by the way, BlackRock's not going to be there to buy those RVs. RVs, exactly.
0: <laughs> but they, they may. You never know. Uh, <laughs> You know, but there's going to be this hangover effect It's going to come back, just like with used cars. Right. We have these massive surge in used car prices because Hertz and Avis and everybody else sold all their cars off. So there was this lack of used cars in the market. People with fresh stimulus checks ran out to buy a new used car, a new used car. And, you know, we've now got people way overpaying for used cars. So, you know, they're going to be stuck with that thing for a while. And that's going to lead to this bigger drag down the road of car sales in the next couple of years. And so we don't ever think about the payback on this stuff. We just think about, oh, man, this is great. And we assume it's going to last forever. And this is the Fed. This is the mistake the Fed makes consistently Uh, throughout their predictive history. They're always wrong. They're never right um, because they always assume that the trend is going to remain the same. Whatever's happening now, that's just going to remain the same over the next couple of years. And that's not the case. The payback is coming. And it's just a question of whether it's this month, next quarter, quarter after that, next year, there's the payback is coming. It's just a question of when.
1: Right. And and I think, you know, what's a little more troubling, too, is we got the Fed that's thinking about talking about thinking about removing liquidity. At the same time, the pent up demand is largely gone. Those direct stimulus checks have largely been spent. There's still some in savings potentially, but that's been largely spent. right? People are kind of back to normal lives again. Mm -hmm. right? So we can't expect what we've seen over the last nine months. It's going to fade. And then you got, you know, we all bought, you know, everyone bought stuff, right? If you bought the used car and you really were going to wait to buy it in 2023, you don't have to buy it in the future because you got one now. Mm-hmm. And that holds true for a lot of things, right? So, yeah, there'll probably be some more improvement in the travel industry, airplanes, restaurants to some degree. Mm-hmm. But, but a lot of that is going to come to an end pretty quickly, and we're going to have the hangover on top of the Fed removing liquidity. So, again, you know, the, the next six to nine to months to a year are going to be different than what we've been through. And we've been through craziness. Right. But the craziness of the last three months of the spending, of the just buying at any cost is completely unsustainable. Wages cannot are not keeping up with any of this. Wages, our income is the means to consume. Right. Mm -hmm. So either people are going to take out a ton of credit card debt, which they haven't been. Or they're just running out of money. Right. And they've bought the things they need. So. You know, I think we got a wreck. We have a reckoning coming up between a, a whole confluence of events over the next, you know, yeah. months.
0: Yeah. And, I, and I'd be a little cautious with that, you know, credit card debt part, because, again, a lot of that's skewed by the top 10 percent of income earners that paid off a lot of their credit card debt because they weren't going out and spending stuff. So they just paid off the credit cards. Right. But, you know, a lot of the the households, yeah, they didn't maybe spend as much on credit cards because they were getting checks. But now that's about to reverse. And We're going to start to see that, you know, now that they've gotten used to this kind of new lifestyle, now they're going to go back into debt to kind of sustain it here for a while until the bill comes due. So, right, you know, that's going to play a little bit of catch up here over the next, you know, next few months. We'll see a lot of these trends start to reverse. You know, people did learn, um, you know, that I've heard a lot of commentary lately. People learned to be savers during the pandemic shutdown, right? They learned to be financially frugal. No, they didn't. They just were taught that, hey, the government's going to send me a check, and now people are going back into that spending habit expecting that they're going to get another check. The problem is when the check doesn't show up, right? And so that's that's another payback that we'll likely see here by the end of the year. All right, quick break. We're going to come back. We'll answer some YouTube questions this morning uh, since Mike is here, and uh, we'll uh, – talk some more about the markets and where we uh, what our money flow signals are saying now and what we're going to do next. Be right back after the break. Don't go away. Yeah. Got this feeling so low. And I decided quickly.
1: Yes, I did. You just go down and check out the show. Get daily investment news you can use. Delivered at the speed of the internet at realinvestmentadvice.com.
0: You could be one of the 7 in 10 people requiring long-term care in your lifetime. Are you prepared for nursing home care costs averaging more than $7,600 a month? Our next virtual Lunch & Learn will cover the management of long-term care expenses that could make or break your retirement. Join Richard Rosso and Danny Ratliff for the basics of long-term care. Long-term care. Register at realinvestmentadvice.com. Advice.com for our virtual lunch and learn on long-term care. June 24th at noon. RealInvestmentAdvice.com.